Bibles, if you would, to uh, Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> Romans in chapter 12. <clears throat> we'll be there. We'll be there in a few minutes. But um, well, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the importance of relationships, and uh, we have talked about the fact that God made us social beings, and <clears throat> the uh, the importance of knowing how to uh, handle relationships because uh, I, I don't know about you, uh, but in my life, the, 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 the most difficult things that I've had to encounter in my life uh, almost always revolve around some sort of a relationship. Uh, and dealing with people uh, can be challenging at times, can it not? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I you know I just made that up. You know, dealing with people is like super easy, right? That's why God never talks about it in the Bible, right? <laughs> in Romans chapter twelve, you know, we've discussed this, but um, uh, just in case you have forgotten or you were not here in the last two weeks. Uh, God gives us 31 directives on how to have good and right relationships. Uh, 23 of those are things that we are supposed to do, and eight of those are things that we're not supposed to do. So let's look at uh, Romans chapter 12 and start reading in verse 9. It says, Let love be without dissimulation or, or without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, uh, servant in uh, spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, disturbing, uh, excuse me, dis, dis, yes, that word, <laughs> distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things. Consend, condescend <clears throat> to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not over, uh, excuse me, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray, dear Lord. Again, we come to you as as a needy people. We we cannot, in our own selves, live the way that you just described that we need to live. We need you. We need your grace. We need your mercy and we need your love so that we can communicate those same traits 
to others. Help us, dear God, this morning to see our need to distribute love, mercy, and grace. Because we live in a world today, as you know, Lord, that desperately needs love, mercy, and grace. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Before we move on in our study of relationships, there's a couple things that we need to understand about relationships. <clears throat> the first one is that these, these 31 directives that we see here in Romans chapter 12 are not suggestions. They are commands. Okay? <clears throat> so, in other words, God is not saying, hey, you know what? If you feel like getting along today with people, it'd probably be a good thing. Why don't you try it? That, that's not what God's saying. He's saying it is essential that you get along. It's not optional. It's essential. Because the way we get along with people directly reflects our relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing that we need to realize we will all be held accountable for the way we treat others. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow. And we're going to we're going to talk about this as we as we go on this morning but <clears throat> we can argue all day long about how we've been hurt or or mistreated or taken advantage of and 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 that is that is very true in in many cases but it, what is what is really critical is how we respond when we've been hurt mistreated or taken advantage of. See, the key is how do we respond? And and that is that is our point this morning. Two weeks ago we talked about having the right character. Last week we talked about having the right behavior. Uh, this morning we're going to talk about having the right response. Having the right response. It has been said that our success in life has 10% to do with what happens to us and 90% how we respond to what happens to us. See, our response is absolutely critical to our quote-unquote success in life. I told you at the very beginning of the service that you know, today is Pi Day, the, the, the day of uncertainty, if you would. But there are a couple things I'm going to share with you right now that are absolute, for sure, certain. It is as certain as the sun came up this morning, an hour late or an hour early. I guess, whichever, I forget. Anyway, I just know most of us are tired because we missed an hour of sleep. But just as the sun came up this morning, these two things I'm going to share with you right now are just as certain. 
Number, number one, someone that you love and trust will disappoint you. Intentionally or intentionally. But you're going to get hurt. It's a certainty. If you, if you live long enough, you're going to get hurt by someone you love and trust. The other certainty, and I've got two more for you in a minute. The other certainty, certainty number two is, someone will fail you miserably. It's just part of life. And how you respond when those things happen is critical. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna read something to you. I'm gonna read it to you twice, uh, so it, the first time, uh, uh, and then I'll, I'll read it a second time. Kind of let it kind of let it sink in. But th- th- this is an incredible truth here. A failure in relationship doesn't necessarily mean a failure of the relationship. Let let that kind of sink in for a minute. A failure in a relationship does not necessarily mean a failure of the relationship. That's why God devoted so much of the Bible to relationships so that we know how to respond when we do get hurt, when we are disappointed, when our friends, our families fail us. Okay, truth number three. You will disappoint someone that you love and trust either intentionally or intentionally just as other people will 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 disappoint you you will disappoint them truth number 4 you will fail someone miserably and just as when that happens just as you want them to give you the benefit of the doubt. You want them to to believe the best in you. You then need to believe the best in them. Because the unfortunate truth is we're all human. And we are all going to fail. And we are all going to be failed, if that makes sense. So, the right response, and you're going to hate point number A. We all need to be vulnerable. If we are going to respond properly, it is going to be because we are all, we are vulnerable. Look at verses 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Look at verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. 
Look at verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Look at verse 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. When we forgive and we try to restore broken relationships, we will place ourselves in a position of vulnerability. Now, don't, don't raise your hand because everybody knows the answer to this, but I want, I want to ask the question anyway. How many of you like being vulnerable? None of us do. We, in fact, our, our natural response is self-preservation, is it not? When we, when we, <clears throat> when we respond in a natural way, what do we do? We put up fences, we put up walls, we, 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 we distance ourselves from people that have hurt us. We've removed ourselves from situations that have hurt us. And, and what are we doing? We are, we are trying to protect ourselves. But God says four times in this passage, you need to forgive. You need to do what you can do to repair the relationship. And by so doing, you will make yourself vulnerable. When we respond naturally, humanly, we actually can become vengeful, can we not? Not only do we build a wall or, or, or make a distance to, to make sure that that we were not hurt again, but oftentimes we become vengeful so that not only do we do that, but we, we hurt the person who hurt us. And by doing that, by hurting that person that hurt us, <clears throat> we, are, we are building the wall higher, are we not? We're making the gulf bigger so that we are for sure never hurt again. But God says that's not the right response. We become, when we become vengeful, we become more concerned with, quote unquote, getting even. But in reality, do we really want to get even? Or really what we want is we want to one-up one, one up them, do we not? We, we don't, I mean, it's not an eye for eye. I mean, we, we want both eyes, baby. I mean, is that what we do? Warren Rusby wrote this. The Christian cannot play God and try to avenge himself. 
returning evil for evil or good for good is the way most people live. But the Christian must live on a higher level and not return good, excuse me, and return good for evil. Of course, this requires love because our first inclination is to fight back. It's also, it also requires faith, believing that God can work and accomplish His will in our lives and in the lives of those who hurt us. That's an incredible statement. These words are easy to read, but difficult to practice. Amen to that. Surely, we need to pray and ask God for, for love as we try to show kindness to our enemies. Will they take advantage of us? Will they hate us more? Only God knows. Our task is not to protect ourselves, but to obey the Lord and leave the results to Him. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 5, and verse 44 through 47. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, if anybody that has ever walked the face of the earth needs to not do what he just said, it would be him. Because he was absolutely mistreated he was lied about i mean it it, 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 absolutely but what does he say don't do it that you're that that you may be the children of your father uh, which is in heaven for he maketh his son uh, to rise on the evil and the good he sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them with which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not the, even the publicans do so? And you have to understand the context of what's going on here. Who, who are the publicans? The publicans were the tax collectors. They were Jewish by birth, so they were Jews, but they worked for the Roman government. And within the Jewish society, the publicans were the most hated of all people that were hated because they were considered traitors to the the Jews. And what is Jesus saying here? is the publicans, the, 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 the lowest of the low, the, the, the most hated people in all the world know how to treat other people better than you do. That's quite a statement. If we are going to be godly in our response when we are hurt, we have to put ourselves in a place of vulnerability. As much as we don't want to, we have to. Letter B. 
honest. We, we've got to be honest. Look at verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. A number of years ago, the Douglas Aircraft Company was competing with Boeing to sell Eastern Airlines its first big jets. War hero Eddie Rickenbacker, the head of Eastern Airlines, reportedly told Donald Douglas that the specifications claimed uh, by the Douglas Company for the DC-8 were close to Boeing's on everything except noise suppression. Rickenbacker then gave Douglas one last chance to outpromise Boeing on this feature. After consulting with his engineers, Douglas reported that he did not feel that he could make that promise. Rickenbacker replied, I know you can't. I just wanted to see if you were still honest. Now that's a really good story. And I'll be honest, one of the reasons I told that story this morning is because my mom was an engineer that worked for Douglas on the DC-10, right? (laughs) Okay. But that's not the honesty that we're talking about here. This is not the, the honesty is the best policy. Say, okay. What are you talking about then? Okay, I'm glad you asked. The context of what we're talking about here is forgiveness, is it not? The context of of verse 17 is forgiveness. So the, the, the honesty here that we're talking about is our response to people that hurt us. We've got to be honest. Let me give you, give you an example. Um, Last fall, we had the, the opportunity to spend some time with our grandkids. How many of you have grandkids? Aren't they awesome? <clears throat> They're little liars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was in May. We got, we got, we got th- three grandkids. And you, you know what happens when you have three kid, grandkids <clears throat> and, and they're all vying for your attention? Um, somebody is going to get offended or hurt, right? And 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 what do you do? Yeah, okay, okay, you know, whichever one. Tell tell your brother, tell your sister that you're sorry. I'm sorry. A little liar. They're not sorry. <laughs> that is not being honest. Okay, it is it is an exercise. I'm only doing this because if I don't, you're going to spank me. And I did say that on the Internet. It is not illegal to spank your children, by the way. Just you do you anyway, you do it in love. You did you discipline your children in love, not in anger. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, that's how oftentimes we deal with people that hurt us. 
but but we we're adults, so we we're, we're not so we're not so um, transparent in our dishonesty, right? We we cover it up. Oh, I'm sorry. God says we need to be honest. Oh, okay, so does that mean, okay, I got it. Pastor, I hate that person. That's honesty, right? Is that is that what he's saying? No, that's not what he's saying. Okay, so I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you here. See, first, we're told to forgive, are we not? So, we are commanded to forgive, then we are commanded to be honest in our forgiveness. Be honest. And to honestly forgive someone who has hurt you is incredibly difficult. 1 Peter Chapter 2, verse 12. Having your uh, conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that ye may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. What's he saying here? Whereas they speak against you as evildoers, that by your good works. In other words, when you go over and above and you are able to exercise forgiveness, when you are able to exercise things that, that are, for all intents and purposes, supernatural, then what is the result? that God will be glorified in the day of visitation. See, when we can live above the expectations, then God is glorified in our lives. When we fail to forgive honestly, we fail to demonstrate God's mercy, grace, and love in our lives. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. See, we, we have access to mercy and grace. And when we demonstrate honest forgiveness, then we show that very thing in the lives of others. Letter C, the third right response is civility. Civility. Verse 18, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. There's an, there, there, there's an interesting phrase in this, in this verse that I, I kind of want to focus in on, and that is, as much as lieth in you. That it's an interesting statement. Um, the, 
the well let me let me say this first civility is uh, the definition is politeness and courtesy in behavior and speech so civility in in essence is going the extra mile now <clears throat> that is a phrase that has been used for centuries going the extra mile but do you know the origin of that statement? Okay, uh, those of you that have are, are regular attenders at Grace, we've talked about this before. But it comes from Scripture. In fact, it comes from Matthew chapter five and verse forty-one. It says, "And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain, or two miles. Go the extra mile." See. The law, the Roman, the Roman law of the day was this: that if a if a Roman soldier, because obviously there was no public transportation available back then, and if and if a Roman soldier was being transferred from one duty station to another, he had to take all his equipment and and all his personal belongings with him, and so on and so forth. So, the law said that a Roman soldier could at any time take a civilian and mandate that they carry his stuff for one mile. That was it. <clears throat> now, uh, I, I found something interesting when I was doing some research for this uh, the other day, that according to uh, Roman measurement, a mile was a thousand paces. Not a, not a thousand steps, but you know paces. I mean, there was a they actually had a, a measurement for it. <clears throat> so they could force someone, a Roman citizen, or, or a, 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 well, even a Roman citizen, but mainly non-Roman citizens, to carry their equipment for a mile. And what Jesus is saying here is, look, if that happens to you, go the extra mile. Civility. All that lieth in you. No, excuse me, as much that lieth in you. Going the extra mile. I've, I've had people tell me in, in reference to relationships, Pastor, I'm done. I have tried everything. I'm just done. And the reality is, are you really done? Or are you just quitting? Is, is, have you reached the point as much as lieth in you? That's an incredible statement. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. You know, <clears throat> the statement, well, they started it. You know, <laughs> that for that's a non-starter for a peacemaker. Okay, just saying. If you're gonna live, if you're gonna live what Jesus tells us to live, then then don't even go that don't even go there. First Peter chapter three verse eleven. 
let him eschew or turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue or chase it. See, we are supposed to turn away from that which is evil, but we are to pursue that which is good. We are to pursue it. If we respond, and, and this, is, this, is, this is, some of us are better at, at, at this first one than others. If we respond sarcasm with sarcasm, I'm really not good at sarcasm. I'm just saying. I, I'm just not really. Some people are really good at it. But if that's your response, then, then you're wrong. Now, this next one, I'm easy. it's easier for me. If we respond anger for anger, we're wrong. Or if we call, if we uh, uh, name calling with name calling. You know, when, when, when we were kids, is that not how we, how we responded when somebody called us, a, you know, sticks and stones? You know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Words do hurt. If that is our response, then we're missing the point. Just a couple chapters later in, in the book of Romans, in, 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 in uh, chapter 14, verse 19, Paul writes this, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Again, making, our, making ourselves vulnerable so that we can have the right response. So what is our response? Our response is, number one, it's vulnerable, it's honest, it, it, it shows civility, all so that we can have our last point this morning. Letter D. Peace and freedom. Peace and freedom. I, I struggled over which word to use, peace or freedom. And then I thought, you know, really, it's, it's both. Because what happens when we respond wrong and we build walls up and we become vengeful? Is there any peace or freedom in that? No. We become, we, we literally become prisoners to our, to our anger. And when we, when we allow ourselves the ability to forgive, to, the ability to become vulnerable and honest in our, in our forgiveness, our civility, we, we can have a peace that the world doesn't understand. There, there, there is... There is just an incredible freedom when we throw off grudges. When we, when we don't let hurt drag us down. Look at verse 20. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing... Thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. 
Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, I want to I concentrate on another phrase here because this is an interesting phrase. In fact, on, 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 on Wednesday nights uh, in our Bible study, we, we open it up oftentimes for questions, just questions that people have. And, and uh, recently we were asked this question, what, what does it mean keep coals of fire uh, on someone's head? That, that sounds like it, that's not a good thing. You know, it sounds like it could hurt a little, you know, but it, but it, he, okay, let, let me say this. <clears throat> Paul's talking in a metaphor here, okay? Hey, he's not literally saying, you know, hey, anybody who hurts you, tie them down, throw some coal on their, on their head, you know, that, that's not what he's saying, okay? But I, I came across a definition that I, I think really helps us understand what this phrase is talking about. <clears throat> Our kind and gentle reaction. So, in other words, when we respond, uh, respond kindly and gently to hatred, uh, it spotlights the depravity of the one who treated us poorly and leaves the hurtful person alone in his or her hatefulness. Nothing pricks the conscience of a hated of excuse me of a hateful person like a soft forgiving spirit in the one who was wronged proverbs chapter 15 verse 1 says this a soft answer turneth away wrath but grievous words stir up anger the definition continues the burning coals that are heaped on his head could be a reference to the burning shame he will feel as his conscience works upon him. A soft answer turneth away wrath. Now is that is that our our, our natural response? No. The other part of this verse is our natural response. But grievous words stir up anger. But we'll never experience the peace and freedom that we all desire if we hold on to it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto god and the peace of god which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through jesus christ the, 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 again the, the phrase here that passeth all understanding is another interesting phrase it literally means to be it is unable to comprehend but the peace of God, which is unable to comprehend, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We, we, I say this often. If we can explain it, then God's not in it. See, God is in the business of doing the supernatural. And if, if we can explain how we, as someone who has been hurt, 
can forgive someone who hurt us. That Only God can do that. See, God's formula doesn't need to make sense because it doesn't make sense. I'm just being honest with you. It makes no sense to me that if somebody hurts me, I need to make myself vulnerable so that they can hurt me again. Am I right? That makes no sense. But it works. It works. There are formulas in for life throughout Scripture. God gives us formulas for every scenario of life possible. And some of them are like this one. It doesn't make sense, but they work. Why? Because if we don't make ourselves vulnerable, if we don't forgive, if we, if we become vengeful, then we are putting ourselves in prison and we are going to lose the peace and freedom that God wants for us to have. So we need to shed our human nature and walk in the Spirit. I want to close with three questions. Now these three questions, don't answer them out loud. I want you, if you're taking notes, you can write them down, answer them later when you get home. I just want you to answer these three questions in your head. Number one, what is my normal response to difficult situations? Again, don't answer this out loud. But immediately you knew the answer to that, didn't you? <laughs> what is your normal response? And if you're like me and you didn't like the answer to that question, uh, then you need to fix it. Question number two. What are some ways that you can go the extra mile? We can all do more, can we not? As much as lieth in you. Go the extra mile. What are what are some what are some things that you can put in your life, some some techniques that you can put in your life, some just some habits that you can change that would allow you to be able to do that. More than likely, it would involve you becoming more vulnerable in your life. Question number three. What specific relationship in your life is suffering because of wrong reaction on your part? Again, I can't answer that question for you, but I can answer it for me. Because we're all guilty of it. See, you have to go back to the beginning, what I said at the beginning, because really what I said at the beginning culminates everything. Our success in life has 10% to do with what happens to us. And 90% to do with how we respond to what happens to us. How are you how are you responding 
See, that, that's, really, that's really the nuts and bolts of the message this morning. Relationships are important. So important that God gave us a book to teach us how to res- respond, how to act. He gave, specifically in Romans chapter 12, he gave us 31 directives on relationships that we, we've broken down into three sections, three, three, three sermons, uh, the, having the right character, having the right behavior, and now having the right response. Because the reality is if we don't have the right character, we don't have the right res- behavior, we're not going to respond properly. We have to be vulnerable. We have to be honest. We have to be civil so that we can have peace and freedom. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are truly thankful and grateful for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. It It is an amazing thing what you do in our lives. And I am so thankful and so grateful for all that you do. Lord, as we conclude this three-week study on relationships. I trust that many of us have been challenged and Lord I just ask that you would guide and direct in our lives so that that we we not just take this and say wow that was that was good information and, and file it away and say, I may use that someday. No, we need it today. Every one of us is, is capable of responding wrong in our relationships. Every one of us is capable of being hurt, being disappointed. Every one of us is capable of hurting others and disappointing others. But if we will walk with you and we will implement these things in our lives, the peace and the freedom that come are absolutely incredible. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you just really, really simple. Is there anybody say, Pastor, God is working on my heart about something. We talk, we've talked over the last three weeks, we have talked about a lot of things. But God is specifically working in my heart about something. Will you pray for me? If that's you, just lift your hand and I'll pray for you. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody who say, Pastor, the truth is, I need the Lord. I've never trusted the Lord as my Savior. But I, I need the Lord. I need to be saved. Is there anybody say, Pastor, would you pray for me also? Just lift your hand and I'll pray for you as well. Anybody at all? Lord, you know our hearts. We are a needy, needy, needy people. And Lord, help us. 
particularly in our relationships, not to respond in the flesh, not to respond in our natural person, but to live in such a way that the supernatural Holy Spirit of God would be so prevalent in our lives that everybody around us would see it and that God would be glorified in it. And that we would be able to live a peaceful, joyful life. We're so thankful and grateful for all that you do. We ask that you would be with every person that raised their hand. You know the struggle, the burden that they're carrying. Strengthen them. Give them wisdom. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.